Introducing Coco Golf's signature shoe, more than just a tennis shoe. It's a fusion of 90s inspired style and cutting edge performance technology with its sleek mid cut silhouette. It's designed to enhance speed and power on the court. The multi piece upper construction delivers high energy return for players of all levels. Whether you're a seasoned pro or just starting out, the Coco CG1 empowers you to dominate the game. Learn more and purchase the Coco CG1 at NewBalance.com. Welcome back, Cracked fans, to another edition of the Cracked Interviews Podcast. I'm your host, Alex Gruskin. As you listeners know, we try our best here at Cracked Rackets to speak to a wide variety of people throughout the tennis world. That means not only speaking to those entwined with the professional tennis ranks, but of course, talking to our favorite college tennis coaches and players, talking to those at the junior levels who are finding success. Of course, we talk to our friends at Midwest Sports, our friends at Aerobar, and across the tennis community, talk to anyone who is trying to do something to help better that tennis community for all of us who, of course, are a part of it. And on today's show, we have another member who fits that description to a T, a guy who has dedicated his life to trying to help facilitate those young student athletes with dreams of playing at the collegiate level with dreams of using their tennis to pursue higher education. Of course, I am speaking about the CEO and founder of University Sports Program, Thomas Anderson, who joins us on the show today to tell us a little bit about USP, its origins, and how it's been helping players since 1995 uh, Find the sorts of schools, the sorts of programs they are looking for to continue to develop, not only, of course, as tennis players, but just as human beings. And of course, as many of us know, uh, I think anyone who pursued a sport, it's it's very, very difficult, very, very rare to be able to pursue that sport at a professional level. But there are so many things pursuing that sport can help you accomplish, whether it's going and competing at the collegiate level, and you know how many people end up as going to college tennis and find their passion outside of tennis while in school, I'll tell you what, it's the majority of them or they use the skills, they find the skills, learn the skills to best prepare themselves for later in life. And that's what Thomas Anderson and the USP staff has been doing again since uh, the founding of this program all the way back in 1995. And again, we have a lot of fun on this show talking about the university sports program, talking about the sort of services they offer to recruits who are looking uh, to get in contact with coaches and who are just trying to navigate what is always such a difficult waters in that tennis recruiting pathway, of course. Uh, now, during COVID times, in the midst of a global pandemic, it's perhaps more difficult than ever to get in contact with coaches, to be playing matches in front of them because there aren't that many tournaments going around, uh, going on around the country, around the globe, particularly at the junior levels. And especially, you know, there are rules in place. College coaches with the dead period can't travel to these events. So, it just adds to all the confusion surrounding it, and the university sports program helps you uh, navigate that confusion, can help you find a school, whether it's D1, whether it's D2, D3, because, of course, there's so many schools out there that aren't the big name, the brands, the Michigans, the Virginias, the California school systems of the world, but are still spectacular programs and offer incredible opportunities. And so, of course, Tom is going to talk to us a little bit about that. Also, tell us about the event they have coming up on December 19th, their annual 
usual virtual showcase what they are doing to adjust for the usual showcases that they are used to doing in person but how they're still trying to facilitate that showcase to get recruits out in front of coaches that and so much more I promise it's a podcast all of you listeners are going to enjoy of course the reason we are able to do these podcasts though day in day out here at Cracked Rackets not only because of the incredible support we get from you listeners from our Cracked Rackets Patreon family but of course because of the support we get from our friends at Midwest Sports and Aerobar go to MidwestSports.com use the promo code CR15 you're going to find anything you need from a tennis gear perspective folks and of course it is the changing of seasons it is chilly now here in the Midwest maybe you need to make that adjustment you need a few new long sleeves because you hit the gym the home personal gym you've been lifting weights doing your push-ups doing your sit-ups and you know you notice that arm fills out the sleeve a little bit more than it used to or maybe it's just a little bit of a tight fit post Thanksgiving we all are feeling it you know don't feel any shame in that needless to say you can update all of your equipment maybe it's a new racket new strings maybe it's just some early shopping on your holiday gifts you can do all that with our friends at midwestsports.com use the promo code CR15 you'll get 15% off your order free two-day shipping on all orders exceeding $75 and of course best of all a free can of Wilson extra duty tennis balls of course you turn to Aerobar the only tennis specific energy bars in the business more potassium than a banana delicious cinnamon honey oat and chocolate chip flavors go to aerobar.com use that promo code crack 15 and again midwest sports aerobar cracked rackets look good feel good play good all right with that in mind let's get to our conversation with university sports program ceo thomas anderson Introducing Coco Golf's signature shoe, more than just a tennis shoe. It's a fusion of 90s-inspired style and cutting-edge performance technology with its sleek mid-cut silhouette. It's designed to enhance speed and power on the court. The multi-piece upper construction delivers high-energy return for players of all levels. Whether you're a seasoned pro or just starting out, the Coco CG1 empowers you to dominate the game. Learn more and purchase the Coco CG1 at NewBalance.com. Joining me on the podcast today, he is the CEO and head of the University Sports Program. He's also the founder of the program, and he's helping connect uh, prospective college athletes across the country, find the school that best fits them. Thomas Anderson, welcome to the Cracked Interviews Podcast. How are you doing today? Doing great. Thanks for having me, Alex. Oh, it is absolutely our pleasure. I feel like I have to ask all of my guests this at this point. Nine months in, your family, you guys are staying safe and healthy? Yeah, of course, you know, as, as safe as we can and, you know, um, very, very tough times. But, you know, we, we are very optimistic and everybody is healthy and not only the family, our team is healthy. So, yeah, we've been very, very obedient. <laughs> I'm glad to hear that, of course. And I know I speak for uh, all of us when, you know, I say Happy Thanksgiving, of course, to you. Happy Thanksgiving to all of our Cracked Rackets listeners listening to this now. But uh, the reason we wanted to have you on the podcast today is because something we talk about so frequently here at Cracked Rackets, we are massive fans of college tennis. And something we have heard so frequently over these past nine months is, well, I'm not playing tournaments. I'm not having opportunities to get in front of coaches. There's been this prolonged recruiting dead period. Uh, it's been so difficult for me to continue my progression, try and work towards becoming a college athlete. Uh, I feel like that's a perfect conversation starter to what we want to talk about today, because obviously you and the team at University Sports are trying to combat that, right? Trying to make it that much more easy uh, for prospective college athletes to find the school for them. 
Yeah, I mean, for you know, incredibly enough, recruiting has been very intense during the pandemic. You know, I mean, coaches have been isolated at home in front of the computer, which is not too normal for them. They are traveling on the court. So, you know, the recruiting process itself, communication with coaches for us has been very, very intense. And coaches are taking their time to discuss about prospective student athletes. So the recruiting side of it has been very good. Um, obviously, the exposure opportunities and playing out there and coaches having having players visit the campus has been extremely difficult, if if, if you if you want to say not impossible. Um, and that's the part where, you know, where we had to figure things out. Mm-hmm. No, absolutely. And again, the focus of our conversation today going to be on recruiting because just reading from the website, the University Sports Program is a comprehensive program that puts you in the driving seat to organize your recruiting, identify your best fit uh, colleges, and effectively communicate with college coaches. What does that mean to you, Thomas? You know, when you when you uh, are talking to people about why you, the University Sports Program would be most beneficial to them, you know, what's your pitch? Well, listen, I started this in 1995 by myself in, in my house in one of my guest rooms. And basically, I was already helping a lot of kids that I knew, families that asked me, hey, you know, you play college tennis. How does this work? And I say, well, it works this way. And can you help me out? So, yeah, so I was doing it for many years before that. And then I said, you know what? I like this. I like how I could impact the kids' lives. So I said, well, let me, let me organize a company and let me just start doing this as a side business. Uh, the model started and it continues being a very very individualized program because we strongly believe that every kid is different every profile is unique in terms of personality academic athletics so so our 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 model over 26 years has been every time a kid signs up with usb we get to know the family the player inside out so we could start building a strategy of colleges that really makes sense uh, for the kid as, as, as a student athlete and beyond in his future. So that's really where we have, we have been really different from many other services. Mm-hmm. And I definitely want to continue to just explore that again because uh, why, you know, what, what about this business appealed to you, just your background in helping, again, all of these different college athletes facilitate an exceptional college experience. I want to talk about that more, but just on a broader uh, scope to start things off again, uh, everyone growing up, if you play a sport, football, basketball, tennis, soccer, whatever it may be, you want to go to the best college in your sport, right? The, the most notable names, the Stanfords, the Dukes, the Michigan's, the the big state schools, all of these different schools, uh, and obviously as a former University of Michigan student, I had to sneak that school in a little bit of a plug there. Anyone who's considering going to Michigan, just go to Michigan. It's always a good move. But uh, there are so many schools, right? D1, D2, D3, uh, NAIA, whatever it may be. I'm just curious, when you're first talking to these students, how important is it to educate them about that fact? Because I feel like, again, that's probably the least heralded part of college athletics is that, hey, there's still a D2, there's still a D3, there are still so many places for you to find success, even if it's not at the big state school. Yeah, absolutely. And you're right. I mean, when you first start talking to the family and the players, they all come up with the same 10, 20 schools (laughs) because those are the ones that they maybe hear on Saturday college football or Mm -hmm. match Martinez, and they don't know much about the school. They just know... You know, it's a big school and, and, and that's where they're going to go. But 
you know, our job is really to open up the research and educate our families. And that's why we like working with families two or three years prior to graduation. It gives us enough time to explore all these options, get the family and the student involved. And, you know, and as we continue with that, they start discovering, you know what, you know, maybe I wasn't the right fit for UCLA or for Michigan. You know, I was the right fit for the Nyson or maybe, you know, University of New Orleans. I never thought that, but it's the right fit for you. At the end, they have to go where they're going to be successful and happy and not be their number 12 player on the team. And they're, you know, the kid that's just going to practice and, and, and not be able to play. So for us, you know, ex- educating the family and the kid is very, very important. Mm-hmm. And, you know, uh, I think maybe there is a kid out there who would be fine going to Michigan, being that 12th player. The key is to find that information out, right? And you made a uh, or you made a point there. I think that's very, very interesting. You say two to three years out, that's probably, or that's when you start to work, I suppose, with these different students. And again, over 1,600 student athletes placed into various schools to go play their sport by the university sports program. So as we say on this podcast, hey, great shot to you, Tom. This, but just when looking at the process again when do you think college athletes parents uh prospective coaches when do you think that communication should start between parent and potential university well you know there's rules for that too so you know basically you know right right after your 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 june of your sophomore year you're now allowed to communicate um with uh college coaches and that has been pushed earlier compared to before where it had to be after your junior year um so for us, the advantage that we have is that we could communicate with coaches at any time. So we could tell a coach, hey, I'm working with this sophomore that really we think is a good fit of you. We're going to, we're going to, you know, we want to keep in the radar. And when it's time, we're going to put you in touch with them. But ideally, the, the peak of your recruiting happens in your junior year. I mean, you know, right, right in the summer of your junior year, you really want to start advancing in the communication. And coaches are also trying to recruit early too at least get an edge over other coaches. So I would say, you know, start building that relationship with the coach early on, even though you don't have maybe your highest UTR or your highest ITF or you haven't taken SAT or the ACT. You could start building that relationship with the coach. And as you go along, you could start giving information as you progress and you improve. And, and then that relationship is going to pay off at the end. Mm-hmm. Um, so basically, that's, that's the way we, we do it over here. Mm-hmm. I'm just curious. I suppose this is a bit of a tangent, but you have you mentioned you started working with students and athletes in 1995. Obviously, there have been so many changes in recruiting. That you know, is it earlier? Is it later? What is a dead period? What can these coaches do and not do? I'm curious, just from your perspective, and again, uh, you know, just what does Thomas Anderson think? Do you do you think that the the trends in recruiting that coaches are allowed to start communicating with players earlier and earlier? Do you think that's more more beneficial or more harmful for these student athletes? I think I think where it is right now is is, is good. I think mm-hmm. I think waiting after your junior year was a little late. Mm-hmm. I think after sophomore year is good enough. Um, I think I think kids at that time already uh, prepared, and obviously they got to be educated. You know what does what does what we do see a lot is a lot of kids are 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 doing the, the communication in the wrong way and, and maybe picking the wrong schools and wasting a lot of time with that. So I would say, you know, after your sophomore year, um, if you if you have the right list of schools and, you know, remember that your, your college list will will be fluctuating over the over the time, you know, and you, you may start with a dream list of schools and, and making adjustments on that list as you go along. 
Um, but I would say, I would say where it is right now in terms of starting communication with coaches is, is, is a good time. Mm-hmm. No, I, I agree. It's ju- after the junior year is too late, right? Because then you're scrambling to figure things out that first semester senior season. I'm sure coaches didn't like that either, the fact that they had to wait that long to know what their recruiting class was going to look like. Well, remember one thing. I mean, when we talk about starting early, you know, usually the big, the big time players who are looking yeah. for the big division ones, those are the ones that do have to start early because the competition is very strong, <laughs> and coaches are aiming for the highest players, and they want to commit at least verbally commit the best player. Doesn't matter when, you know, just try to get him already commit to your school. So for those big power five schools, yes, you want to be early on on, on the recruiting game. Now, if you're going to a, a non-ranked Division Two or a Division Three school, then you know you obviously you don't have to start that early because those coaches are less demanding and they're more flexible in terms of when they want to decide uh, their, their roster. Mm-hmm. No, I mean, sadly, none of those coaches emailed me my September of my senior high school season. So I was like, all right, I guess I'm not playing college tennis, but maybe I should have been turning to university sports. Um, All right, let's switch gears here and talk about this from the student side. So I am, we'll call, I guess I can just use my real name. I was going to say, call me Bob Smith, but I'm just going to say, call me Alex Gruskin because that is my actual name. Um, And I am a sophomore in high school and I'm trying to figure out exactly, okay, you know, my UTR, my rank is this whatever it's time for me to get serious about my recruiting I'm going to come to university sports and we talked about this a little bit but just even in even more depth when a student comes to university sports what can they expect uh, from you guys to help put them in a position to succeed yeah we, we have a, a nine-step program that everybody goes through and you know when a student comes to us the first step, the first step we call it about you and basically for us is to really introduce the student and the family in USB and understanding this family background as much as we can. Get to know the kid as a person, get to understand what are their goals. And if they don't have any goals, let's build, let's build a set of goals at a mid to long term to make sure they're exactly what they're looking for. And, you know, once you understand who you're working with and you understand the family, then it becomes easy because our next step is the planning side, you know, so we're going to plan the next two or three years, you know, and that plan is going to be something that our students really enjoy because it gives them peace of mind. They're not, they're not overwhelmed that, you know, when I take my SAT, when do I do my video? When do I start talking? No, everything is put on paper and that way we know when everything's going to happen. And then we move into education, understand the college recruiting process, making sure they understand the difference between divisions you know, liberal arts schools, public schools, how the scholarships work, more educated the family are and the student, it's going to be easier to make a decision. And then we move into eligibility, you know, making sure they become eligible student athletes. From there, we move into presentation. Who are you as a recruit, as a person, as a student for the university? So we got to build the best presentation so the coaches will actually be interested in responding to, to your inquiries. Then we go into a recruiting campaign, and recruiting campaign is the longest stage because that's when you start the communication process with the coaches. And again, you don't have to have your highest UTR, your highest SAT to start the recruiting campaign. You at least need to get in touch with the school and make sure they know you have selected that school because you are truly interested in going to that university for X and X and Y and Z, all these reasons. Mm -hmm. And then... That process moves into the final stages of college selection, visits, uh, uh, decision, and then the admission. So anybody 
like Alex joins us, we'll go for those nine stages. And if we do every stage, how it's supposed to happen, 100% of USP clients have been, have been gone to college with a very, very low uh, transfer rate, very low. Mm-hmm. That is so awesome to hear. Yeah, and it, it's funny you talk about that transfer rate, right? Because my next question wants to be, and this is something we talk about and when we've had the chance to speak with so many different student-athletes who are currently playing or former players on and on again, they uh, talk, those who had, I should say, positive experiences, talk about how much their coaching staff meant to them, how important it was that they actually connected with the coaches, the players, you know, their teammates that they're going to be around for the next four years. And, you know, maybe that's not the answer to this question, but I'm curious, what do you think is the most overlooked aspect of the recruiting process? What do you think is the mistake? And maybe it's not just one mistake. Maybe there are multiple mistakes that parents, families make when trying to, uh, trying to work out their recruiting process. Well, I think you have to separate the U.S. player versus the international player. Sure. And as you know, tennis, tennis is a very high international college sport. Mm-hmm. Um, so for the U.S. player, a lot a lot has to do with the image. You know, the kids, like we were talking before, you know, the kid wants to impress and, you know, wants to go to that big name school mm-hmm. um, rather going to the small Division II or, or NAIA. Uh, maybe the parent also has expectations, you know, and there's a tradition in the family. Maybe the father went to a big school and or the mom, and they also expect the same for the kid. So I think a lot has to do with expectation and trying to compare yourself with somebody else. You know, and sometimes the kid also feels like, hey, I have invested, my parents have invested all this money, gone to this academy and, you know, and, and I've played all this, all these tournaments. I, I just don't want to go to any school. So I would say for the American side is a lot has to do with expectations. Um, for the international is lack of information. You know, I mean, you are, you are in some country, some agency, or maybe, you know, you just got an offer to go to this school. You don't know anything about this school. You, you go just because you got a good scholarship. And then you find out it's the wrong place for you, and that's why you're going to end up transferring. So I would say those those will be separate cases. Yeah, I know. Absolutely. I mean, I, I think that's a very fair point as well. I think that's something that's so often overlooked. It, well, I, I don't know if it's overlooked. It's something that's certainly come up more frequently is how international uh, te- tennis is as a collegiate sport. But, you know, you look at the university sports website, your alumni, uh, alumni, you are sending kids, obviously, from places like Michigan, Florida, Auburn, to other places like North Florida, to a Hofstra, to a Bucknell. It really is about finding the coach, the the, the campus that that best fits you. I guess I'm curious, how difficult is it from your end to ultimately convince someone like, you know, I'm looking here and I happen to, Michigan again, I, I don't know if you can tell, but clearly I am from Michigan. I happen to know a little bit about Michigan Tech. I know it's in a beautiful part of northern Michigan. And so I guess what's the most difficult part of convincing these parents, and I, I assume it's particularly, again, American here, but even the international ones convincing the coaches that, hey, these school, these player these fits uh this is all for you yeah you know what if if you do if you do your job responsibly mm-hmm. and you provide enough information all the resources and obviously prior to COVID, you know we do we do want all our clients to do the college visits uh we want them to get to know the coaching the staff get to know the players get to know the facilities so if you do the process like it's supposed to be you are going to you're going to minimize any risk of of not being the right place. So with the family, it works the same way. You know, if, 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 if the family is, is going to follow your advice, 
we're not going to push them to make a decision until they have all the all the information and everything they need to really to really be certain that that's the right place for them. And that does include communication with the coaches. We also want them to talk to the players. We want our players to talk to the team players to ask all these questions that maybe coaches are not going to tell you. Um, and then, you know, after you do your visit, we let the family and the players make the final decision on where they want to go. Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, just, and I, I want to talk again a little bit more about you, Thomas, a little bit more about your event this weekend, which we have yet to talk about. Of course, we have a college showcase uh, on December 19th, a virtual showcase for all of those prospective uh, recruits this year. But uh, even before we get to that, again, uh, in terms of uh, setting you know these players up with these coaches in terms of ensuring that the relationship uh, between these players and these coaches are where they want to be for the next four years. I know this is a little thing, but you'd be it's amazing how many times you hear from students, and I'm sure internationally this happens even more, where it's like, you know what, I'm not even going to visit the campus. I'm not going to even visit the coach. I'm not going to do any of that. I'm just going to trust my instinct. How incorrect is that instinct? How important is it to actually go on campus to understand if you have that opportunity what you're getting yourself into yeah i mean it's uh, you you really you really need to make this a priority i mean as much as you could see the information on 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 the computer and 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 read about it and you could talk to the coach and maybe other alumni it never beats the fact that you are going to be there for at least two days and get to feel feel the energy of the campus you know and sit in a classroom and, and imagine yourself there for four years you know, going to the cafeteria and eating the food there and saying, this is the same food I'm going to eat here for most of my career. You know, spending some time with my future teammates. Mm-hmm. You know, what kind of kids are these? You know, and watching them play, you know, and see what, you know, really, is this, a, is this a, watching the train? You know, is this a training uh, that I will, I will adjust to? So you can't really beat that. You can't see that on, on computer. You have to be there. So. I would say nobody nobody should make a decision until they at least had a chance to be either an official or unofficial visit. And I think the most responsible coaches would agree with that. They want their kids to come there because it's a both way. It's a two way decision. It's not just the kid deciding. It's the coach wants to get to get to know the kid better in person. The coach wants to see how the kid relates with his other with his teammates. So it works. It works for both ways. Mm-hmm. No, absolutely. And you know, uh, with that in mind, obviously there have been so many exceptional students who have come through, who have used university sports, who have gone on to uh, have successful college tennis careers at every level of the sport. And of course, there's another opportun- opportunity for this class of 2020 to get, or this class of 2021. Is that what we're on now already? That is just ridiculous to think about. But uh, you know, uh, something I mentioned earlier, there is the virtual uh, showcase event this December. 19th tell our listeners a little bit about that well for the past 15 years we have done uh in-person showcase now we got to call it in person <laughs> so um you know we have done these showcases because we do believe in showcases it's very hard for you to get to get coaches to see you play especially a large amount of coaches you know you'll see some coaches going to kalamazoo and clay court nationals and, and some of the other tournaments but really if you're not at that level it's very hard for you to be exposed so our showcases, uh, you know, for the past 15 years have gathered, you know, over 120 coaches who are in South Florida uh, visiting here because of all the tournaments. So it has really been an effective recruiting event. And uh, we, 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 we strongly believe that. But obviously what happened this year, we canceled. We have four, four every year. Uh, we do um, three in Florida, one in Texas at Rice. 
all four of them had to be canceled because of the pandemic. So I sat with my team, uh, you know, a few months ago, and we said, listen, we got to do something to, to help expose these kids. So we created a virtual showcase uh, and used this unique platform where you're going to have all these coaches connected and networking with players, either by chat, uh, group chats or individual chats or, or, or uh, video calls. And we did it in September the first time. Uh, we had 95 coaches connected, 185 players, and the result was so, so amazing. How these coaches spent five hours interacting with these players, and, and there was so much going on there that we say, listen, this is really a solution. Um, so we decided, let's, let's launch a second one, December 19. We already have 176 coaches that have confirmed, and coaches from, you know, the big-name schools, either the Ivies, you know, Dartmouth View, Penn, the... Villanovas, but then you got, you know, the Nielsen, you know, you know Whitman, the Salads, you know, you got all the small schools, all divisions. And, you know, I, I, I cannot say enough how proud we are of, of being able to help so many players in such a hard time to have that opportunity to connect with all these coaches who are recruiting, who are the, who are connecting because they, they are looking for players for 21 uh, and uh, 22. Mm-hmm. No, and I'm looking at this now. I believe. I believe there's 128 schools committed, 174, excuse me, committed 174, uh, yeah, yeah, to this yeah. virtual showcase. I mean, look, respectfully, and I say this lovingly to our students, and I apologize, you might get mad at me for saying this, Thomas, but if you can't find one of 174 coaches to like you, you're probably not playing college tennis. So I do think this virtual showcase is such an excellent opportunity for everyone to get their games in front of coaches. Just put your name out there, especially because, again, it is so difficult to do that right now. Um, now, I do have some fun questions for you uh, before I let you go, Thomas, and I, I do want to ask because uh, right now when we've talked to coaches, is obviously again there aren't that many tournaments there aren't that there isn't that much match play to be had for the majority of these recruits out there so they've said you know I'm watching more recruiting video than I have ever watched before and sometimes you know you watch a recruiting video anyone can look good slapping a forehand down the line on video the question is how does that actually manifest itself in match play uh, I guess my question for you and this might be the stupidest question I've asked thus far but give me the secret to the recruiting video What's the breakdown of the video you can actually do that coaches will be like, you know what? This is actually what I'm looking for from this player. A two-part word, non-edited. <laughs> no secret. I mean, yeah. coaches want to see non-edited videos, and they want to see they want to see you play a match or close to a match. If they get if they get to see play you four or five games against a competitive player. And they could they could see it's not edited. I think that that's a good a good way of they getting a good idea of your of your level. Mm-hmm. That's that's fascinating. So even the mistakes, a coach would rather see you make a mistake than just try and make yourself look perfect. Yeah, if you if you see a video of a kid who doesn't miss, you obviously know um, two things: the kid the kid either cheated and erased all the bad points, or number two, that kid should play pro. <laughs> Yeah, exactly. No, you know, and I'll swear for the first time here, you know he's full of shit. Right, you're just like, come on, you you didn't do that. You didn't make all those backhands in a row. Um, but yeah, I think that's an interesting one. And even if it's four or five games match play, you think more so than just hitting with your coach or a feeding drill. Yeah, of course, of course. You know, feeding anybody could hit the ball well in a feeding situation. You know, I mean, you could see you could see maybe potential and you could see technique. 
but you really can you don't know how does that play a play a factor when you're playing a match mm-hmm. um, so they want to see you play points uh, uh, or hit balls off balance you know and change the direction different paces you know um, and they want to see you play point situations too how do you play a point when it's 40 30 or when you're down love, love 40 you know so those those are the things that coaches want to see so with this with this um, dead period you want to you want to get as close as possible as, as a coach being a real tournament watching you play live mm-hmm. no, I completely agree with you there I, I yeah again it's just simulating match play it's just like hey this is what you're getting into so completely agree with you do you think um, you know this is a little thing as well, but chasing points, chasing tournaments, trying to play as many tournaments as possible, your you know sophomore and junior years of high school, just to get in front of as many coaches as possible, play as many matches as possible. Do you think that's a good strategy, or are there ways, I'm sure there are ways, to be more efficient with it? I think it's a good strategy depending on what stage you are of your of your of your of your uh, school year. I mean, if you're a junior, you know, you know, you know, the summer of your after your junior year, you want to obviously be playing a lot of tournaments. But if you are a freshman sophomore, the biggest mistake a lot of kids do is they're just too 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 pending on what is my UTR or what is my ranking, and they're just trying to improve those rankings without worrying about development and trying to become the best player uh, possible. So. I would say, you know, there's there's a priority for each year in your in your development. I would say freshman, sophomore should worry more about becoming the best player possible because if you become the best player, that's going to have an impact on your results. And then when you move into your junior, senior year, you want to start having results, especially, you know, towards the end of your junior year going into your senior year. Mm-hmm. No, I completely agree with you there. Yeah, I think that is something, uh, you know, play there's nothing wrong with playing events, playing tournaments. I think coaches will appreciate that. I think they will enjoy seeing you out there. So, yeah, and again, if the experts at university sports are saying it, I think it's certainly something we can agree with here at Crack Rackets. Well, uh, just some fun ones for you down the home stretch, some things I just wanted to know about you. As you mentioned, you started in 1995. Now, at this point, over 1,600 athletes have been helped by university sports go on to play uh, at the college, uh, to play some form of college athletics. I guess my question is, you know, 25 years, just a fun fact for you. I was born in 1995, so you've been doing this for one full Alex Gruskin. Uh, what keeps you in this business? What is it about it that brings you the pleasure uh, to keep coming back? Well, I think, I think honestly, if you could find a job that really fulfills and, and you feel passionate about, then you're very lucky. And I think I found that. I found that because when, when you see – a kid succeed in college and you see the family appreciate the help that you did. That's what keeps you going. Every time we play somebody that they signed their letter of intent or they've been admitted into school, it's a huge celebration in our team. You know, we have, we got, we got 18 people working for USB and every time one of our advisors uh, informs us, Hey, we just committed this kid to this school. It's a huge celebration because we know that this kid is going to be successful. So, what keeps me and my, my team going is, is exactly that, knowing that we made a difference in the, not only the kid, in the family's life, and that they're going to come out going being successful professionals. And we have enough kids already graduated and married and, and, and having great jobs and, and being successful in their careers. So that's what really keeps me going. Oh, that is so awesome to hear. What about you? Do you get on the tennis court yourself much lately? Yeah, I play, I play on Saturdays with my buddies. Um, you know, we play our... 
our doubles on a clay court because our bodies cannot take hard court anymore. <laughs> um, so yeah, we play once a week for maybe an hour and a half. That's mm-hmm. good enough for my for me. Hey, no, that'll do the job. I think the most important question everyone wants to hear today: What is Thomas Anderson better at at this point, paddleboarding or tennis? <laughs> I don't know because it's different. You know, I mean, <laughs> paddleboarding. I don't fall anymore. I, I I'm pretty good at it, and I take some waves too. So I'm pretty good at that. But um. I say I would say I would say it's pretty even. Yeah, that's fair. I feel like paddleboarding once you have it down, it's a little easier on the body. Like tennis, the knees are just going to betray you. Yeah, 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 yeah. No, but yeah, I tell you what, when I'm paddleboarding out there and I see a few dolphins, you know, that really makes makes my day. Yeah, you know, that I don't is see good. that on the tennis court. <laughs> <laughs> well, I think that really just comes down to how you qualify Matthias Soto. Like, I feel like he was a dolphin out there, but, you know, that might just be a, something for me to keep in mind. But um, <laughs> again, uh, for all of the listeners out there who hear, hear about the virtual showcase, who are interested in getting in on the action, whether it's December 19th, whether it's the 2021 showcases in Naples, Boca, I believe, points, uh, Port St. Lucie, and as you mentioned, Rice University, or just anyone who is interested in uh, getting connected with university sports to help start facilitating their cr- recruiting, how can they get involved? Yeah, um, they, you know, we have all everything on the website, virtual.universitysports.com, or you could just go to universitysports.com, and you could just... Um, Go, go find out all the information about the event, and then you could register online. Um, or you could give us a call if you have any questions. Um, but everything is very easy these days. Um, so, you know, just, just sign up there online and, and, and get yourself a, a spot. You know, we are three weeks away, um, so we are ready to go. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and as you mentioned, over a hundred, uh, over one hundred seventy, I believe, uh, colleges already signed up for these events. So, of course, you are doing yourself against a huge uh, opportunity for so many prospective college recruits out there to go participate in this virtual showcase. And again, to anyone who needs help with any of the recruiting services, uh, turn to universitysports.com. It's quite clear to me, Thomas, how much you care about this, how much you want to help uh, these college athletes get to where they want to go. So, again, thank you so much for taking the time to chat with us today i hope you stay safe and healthy uh throughout the rest of this holiday season of course uh and hopefully we'll get the chance to talk to you again soon alex thanks for the interview appreciate it of course take care thomas all right take care bye-bye Hope all of you enjoyed our conversation with Thomas Anderson. Again, if you have a perspective, if you are a prospective recruiter, perhaps the parent of a prospective recruit in university sports is something that interests you, go to universitysports.com. You can learn more about the virtual showcase on December 19th and so much more about the program. Again, a huge shout out to Thomas Anderson for taking the time to chat with us. Always a pleasure to get to speak to all of the, you know, many different people in the tennis world who are helping, you know, grease the wheels, who help make the world go round to help ensure all of these college tennis teams get the sorts of players they deserve uh, filling out their rosters, keep up the quality of play. Of course, we all know that's more valuable now uh, than ever. So a huge thank you to Thomas for taking the time to chat with us. Uh, just a couple quick things. What else is going on right now at Cracked Rackets? If you have missed any of our college contender series, speaking of the college tennis world, 
conversations thus far with Paul Goldstein, Brian Shelton, Adam Steinberg, Manny Diaz, Georgia, Michigan, Florida, and Stanford coaches respectively, all available on this Cracked Interviews podcast feed as we get all of you fans ready for the 2021 ITA season. Of course, Matt Stokowiak, Chris Halioris, and I give our extended thoughts on each of these teams. You can find those podcasts on the Great Shot podcast feed, and then of course you can find Maddie's articles uh, breaking down the team in further depth on our website, Cracked rackets.com of course if you need more immediate updates on anything going on in the professional tennis world twitter instagram facebook youtube you can follow all of our stuff at cracked rackets you want to message me directly i am at great shot pod shout out as always to our super producers max fleener and daniel westoff who have a of an editing job to do as always and seriously between the youtube series we've got the deciding point we've got our first season of cross court chronicles getting ready to rock and roll a lot of fun stuff on the horizon. You don't want to miss any of the action, so be sure to tune in to our website, crackrackets.com. Of course, a huge shout out as always to you listeners, to our Patreon family, but of course to our friends also at Midwest Sports and Aerobar. Go to MidwestSports.com, use the promo code CR15, go to Aerobar.com, use the promo code CRACK15 to get 15% off both of your orders, and of course, to live our lifestyle here at Cracked Rackets. You look good, you feel good, you're going to play good. Midwest Sports, Aerobar, going to make all of that possible. Uh, and of course, we'll throw in a little bit of a bonus as well here at Cracked Rackets. But with that in mind, for my wonderful guests, Thomas Anderson, our super producers, Fliegner and Westoff, our friends at Midwest Sports and Aerobar, and all of us here at both Cracked Rackets and the Tennis Channel Podcast Network, I'm your host, Alex Gruskin. You've been listening to another edition of the Cracked Interviews Podcast. Stay safe, stay healthy, and we'll talk to you all soon. Thanks, everyone. <laughs>